strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. I'm Jen. And tonight we are going to talk about Heart Island. What the hell is Heart Island, Robin? It's not heart as a beating heart. It's spelled H-A-R-T Island. And I'm going to give you a little bit brief introduction. All right. Heart Island, or sometimes referred to as Hearts Island, is an island in New York City at the western end of Long Island Sound. It is approximately one mile long and a quarter mile wide and is the easternmost part of the Bronx. The first use of the island was to train United States colored troops in 1864, but since then the island has been used as a Union Civil War prison camp, a psychiatric institution, a tuberculosis sanitarium, potter's fields, and a boys' reformatory. During the Cold War as well, Nike defensive missiles were also stationed on the island. Oh, yeah. We had those all around here, actually. Mm -hmm. So the island is now used as the city's potter fields or also known as a place of burial for the unknown people and is run by the New York City Department of Correction. So there are many versions of the origin of the island's name. One of them is with a British cartographer. He named it Heart Island with an E in 1775 due to the unique shape of the island. But then the E was removed and was renamed Heart Island. Other resources say that Heart Island refers to an English word meaning stag. And that is because there is a theory that the island was given the name when it was used as a game preserve. Yeah, I was like, I just imagine when you said Hart's Island that there would be a person named Hart. Oh, no. Who had owned it at some point, and nope. it would be Hart, apostrophe S, possessive, Hart's Island. Not at all. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. So the island was originally purchased by Thomas Pell, and he purchased them from the local Native Americans in 1654. And then on May 27th, 1868, the New York City purchased it from Edward Hunter of the Bronx for approximately $75,000. That was where it was used as a training facility for the colored troops of 1864. So because the Heart Island was used for so many different reasons, I'm going to give a little brief synopsis of each one. So the first one is the prison. So the island was also a prisoner of war camp for four months in 1865 during the Civil War. It housed 3,413 captured Confederate Army soldiers. 235 of them had died in the camp and were buried by Cypress Hill National Cemetery. After the Civil War, other unknown veterans were then buried in a soldier's plot located on Hart Island, which was in a separate location than the Potter's Field that was on Hart Island. So they got a special area. It's just so difficult to think about prisoner of war camps in the Civil War. It's like in New York City. Everyone's an American, mm-hmm. yeah, right? But you have prisoners of war on an island in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's like when you think of prisoner of war, you think of like God rest his soul, John McCain. And I know. you think of like yeah. Vietnam, you think of these other places. You don't think of an island off the coast of the Bronx in Long Island Sound that's 15 minutes from us. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes, no traffic. There's always traffic. <laughs> 30, 45 with. All right, so another use for the island was the boys' workhouse. In the late 19th century, Hart Island became the location for a boys' workhouse, which was an extension of the prison on Blackwell's Island, which is now known as Roosevelt Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a section of old wooden houses and masonry structures dating back to the late 19th century and the early 20th. But those structures have crumbled and are basically fallen in despair, and so they are now being torn down to provide new grounds for burials. 
Heart Island housed about 2,000 delinquent boys, as well as old male prisoners from Blackwell's penitentiary. Seems like a bad combination, right? 2,000 delinquent boys and prisoners of, yeah. Prisoners from... I don't put them somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know, but they were delinquent, so I really don't think those boys would put up with anything like that. Yeah, but I also think that, like, a delinquent boy in, like, turn of the century could mean, like, a boy who just didn't have a home. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? That's like, exactly, yeah, that's what I'm getting into. Absolutely. I've read The Alienist. <laughs> I know. I've seen you the know. show. You know, you think about, like, what those kids went through. Like, it wasn't like, you know, there weren't good they homes went, like there are today. Right, where, to survive into the city, yeah. Yeah, they're just little survivalists. They're, like, you know, picking pockets and, like, you know, stealing and, like, selling, like, what they can. and Including themselves, unfortunately. I know. And then they end up on this, like, workhouse island where I'm sure they weren't treated well. And they were hanging out with, like, old prisoners who I cannot imagine anything good came from those relationships. Mm, probably not. And there's not really much of security because there's no other housing there you know there's only one one way in one way out of the city or that island i mean so it's like there wasn't many people that volunteered to secure or to watch over this island with these people but remaining on heart island today is a building constructed in 1885 as a women's insane asylum called the pavilion as well as a drug rehabilitation facility called Phoenix House that closed in 1976. These structures are still there today. But the one reason why I want to talk about Heart Island was not, I mean, of course, all of these things are fascinating. And like, you just got really excited about the Phoenix House. But my concern was the cemetery. Okay. Of Potter's Field. Because here at Notorious Narratives, we are two girls who fucking love a cemetery <laughs> like no other we will go on any cemetery tour that is offered to us. We will go into any graveyard and look for the oldest headstone and Caspi Gideon. Try to think about what their life was like in the years that they were alive and how they must have died. I mean, not for nothing, maybe a Phoenix House can be a separate episode because it's very interesting, especially yeah. since it was so soon. It was only in 1977, yes. 1976 when it closed. So yes. write that down. So let's get back to the cemetery, shall Hambone, we? Hambone, take a note. <laughs> So, some of you might not know, but over a million people are buried in the city's potter's field on Hart Island. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The island is a mile long and a quarter mile wide, and it has over a million people buried on it. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi. People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. I love, I love your silence. You okay? You right? A million? A million. A million people. A are million. Mm -hmm. So the problem is that they use mass graves. Well, yeah. So I mean, that's, uh, yeah. 
That's why there's a million because but you don't even know which yeah. a million. Mm-hmm. Yep, just outside of the Bronx. How haunted is that place? Oh, I can't can you imagine. So twice a week or so, loaded with bodies, box and pine, a New York City morgue truck passes through a tall chain link gate and onto a ferry that never has any paying passengers. No two stones are named on each of these trenches. They call them. They don't call them graves. They actually call them trenches. But there are some, I guess, sites that do have marked on them because based on history and based on like now current events, they formulated this whole thing where some people actually have been identified. So one in particular, let me talk about one burial, right? So one burial is named Leola Dickerson. She worked as a housekeeper 50 years, beloved by three generations for her kindness and her fried chicken. She buried her husband in their family pot in Alabama, as he wished. And when she died in 2008 at the age of 88, her body was unclaimed at the morgue. By law, her corpse became city property, so she was made available as a cadaver for dissection or embalming practices by medical students or mortuaries. But just like millions of men, women, and children that had died since 1869, Leola was consigned to a spot on Heart Island. Several spots from Leola is a grave of Zaraman Gooden. He had died at the age of 17 when he had a bike accident, having the handlebars break and hitting his throat, severing an artery. He was popping wheelies near a homeless shelter where he lived with four other siblings and his mother, who was a heroin addict. At the time of the funeral, they couldn't really afford anything. His, his older sister was able to scrape up eight bucks to buy a used suit so he can wear it at his wake. But the funeral home sent him back to the morgue when she was unable to pay for his $6,000 burial fee, and he was later sent to Heart Island. So those are some of the ones that are actually marked with names, but a lot of others have absolutely no names whatsoever. So why are they marked with names, but others aren't? Because they had a name. So if they know the person's name, they'll put their name Mm -hmm. there? Okay. So, I mean, I won't sidetrack you too much, but I will say that I watch an impressive amount of homeless people die. And they have names, but I am sure that they go unclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wonder where they go. And I work in New York City, so I always wonder where they end up. And I always talk about Potter's Field, and I always wonder where they end up. So it's kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I think of one person very much in particular who I'll be forever heartbroken about. Oops, and I think about him ending up there. Thing is, is that there are a lot of stories that have this kind of outcome, unfortunately. Of course. Because even though he has a name and he says it, once it goes to the morgue and everything like that, then it becomes city property. And if city property has this and doesn't really follow up with anything, they can just bring him back to Potter's Field. It's just... Of course. And I mean, I also, you know, I work at a hospital that houses a medical Mm -hmm. school and I walk down the hallway that has the pathology specimens and I'm well aware yeah. Of the cadavers that are inside. And I know that that's where they come from. People who have either donated or have ended up there because they go unclaimed. Or that, you know, a funeral home sends that's them away. The thing. It's like because... At that point, they're, they're, they're not unclaimed at that point. Right. Like this poor girl, she, she did whatever she could to get $8 so she can give her brother a suit to wear for his wake. What year then was that? Kinda... Do you know? No, it doesn't sound. Yeah, I mean, so... You know, like the cost I mean, six thousand dollars for a barrel. So I think it was I actually mean, kind of soon. You, <laughs> you and I know one hundred percent that the cost of a funeral is exorbitant and insane, ridiculous. And 
there are, I would say, anyone who has a family member that dies, it's an incredible financial Absolutely. burden Absolutely. on every member of that family because you're talking six to $25,000 depending on like their arrangements. Mm-hmm. And of course, so many people can't make it, especially a, a poor family that's living in a homeless shelter. Homeless shelter, the, his mother you know? was a heroin addict. She didn't have any money. I mean, and he has four other siblings and it just, it was heartbreaking no matter what. I mean, no matter yeah. what like situation there it is, it's difficult because this wasn't really an unclaimed body. This no. was a body that just went back to the morgue. This from is the a body. Home. This is a body of a person whose family can't yeah. afford. So it was just like Leola. You know, Leola. She was loved by three generations as a housekeeper. She knows plenty of family members. She has no more family left, but she doesn't have any family left. So she went unclaimed. So that's just, yeah, you know. And so if they have a name for that, they do that. But there are a lot of people in your situation at the hospital that. They have a name, but outside the hospital, they don't have a name. But they, at least they get a name at Heart Island. They get at least maybe, a maybe marker. Not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't if know. If their name this, is known. In this kind of case, if it's coming from a hospital, from the morgue, and no one claims it at the morgue and it goes, but then the it's name, not named. But if then they, they go in mass graves. But if the name is known and they go, I don't no. think so. No. No, I don't think so. Yeah. In these situations, it's different because it's kind of like, they the city kind of gives them a marker to do the respect because they were used for something it's like oh this person was used as a cadaver in medical history okay we're done with the her unfortunately and we're going to put her on here and we're going to name her research from cadavers and medical training with cadavers is in my opinion some of the most valuable things oh, that yeah. like I'm you could ever the science. Yeah. let somebody yeah. do but yeah this is fucking depressing robin and Sorry. i mean i'm as gothic as it comes and <laughs> You know, I love a good it gets coffin. Better. I love I mean, a cemetery. It doesn't get better, but, but it is not going to get better. Robin. It doesn't get better, but let me just let me give you some hope. So, until 1989, Sydney Cemetery occupied about 45 acres of the northern half of Hart Island, while the southern half of the island was habitable. In 1985, 16 bodies infected with AIDS were buried at the southern tip of Hart Island because it believed that the victims would contaminate the other corpses with the disease. Which I mean, is ridiculous. Let's be really concerned. They were the only the people get. to be buried in a separate grave when it was then discovered that the corpses could not transmit diseases to other corpses. And the city started burying the, fact that the that AIDS victims even in mass graves. I'm sorry. Did you just say AIDS victims in mass graves? Yeah, so the city started burying AIDS victims in mass graves. The unclaimed AIDS victims in mass graves. So, unfortunately, there was children involved in this. So, the first pediatric AIDS victim to die in New York City ever is buried in a single grave by itself with a concrete marker labeled SC for special child, B1 for baby one in 1985. Since then, thousands of AIDS victims are buried on Heart Island, but it's unknown the precise number. New York is unique among American cities in the way that it disposes of the dead when they become unclaimed. They are put on a lonely island. They're off limits to the public. They are buried in wide, deep pits where they seem to vanish, much like the reasons that they are there. This graveyard of the last resort, basically, hides wrongdoing by some of the very individuals and institutions, such as guardians and nursing homes. Heart Island sort of hides the individual tragedies and the secrecies that shrouds Heart Island's dead also veils the city's haphazard treatments of their remains. So since 1994, the Heart Island Project 
has assisted families in obtaining copies of the public burial records that can help track down buried loved ones on the island and even negotiate visits that have to be planned ahead of time with the Department of Correction. And it's basically a 30-day lead time. You have to make 30 days in advance for appointment. In 2011, the Heart Island Project completed an online database of burial records dating back to 1980. It's also digitally mapped grave trenches using GPS. In 2014, an interactive map with GPS burial data and storytelling software was released called the Traveling Cloud Museum. It was created to give people who knew the deceased an opportunity to add stories, photos, songs, videos, etc. that links to the personal profile of the deceased. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So because of Heart Island Project, secrets about some of the deceased have come to light. For example, there is one person that was buried in Heart Island. Her name was Ruth Proskauer. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Smith. She died at 102 years old in her multi-million dollar apartment in the Dakota building in Manhattan in 2010. According to the Times obituary, her life was celebrated by her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren. If that's the case, then why is she buried with 144 strangers in trench number 359? Gail Arnold, her daughter, found out that Ruth was buried on Heart Island in 2013, three years after her death, and the donation of her body to science. Her children assumed that the New York University School of Medicine would cremate her remains after dispose of the ashes, not send her corpse to the city morgue, and then ferried over to the trench. The common expectation today, families are usually in front of the line of the burial arrangements, but as many cases show, sometimes families are lost, left in the dark, or are in an economic struggle that will eventually have their loved ones to be moved towards Heart Island. So recent news, Heart Island is eroding. It is unearthing human bones along the shoreline. And in April of 2018, just past, 174 bones were recovered from Heart Island Cemetery. Years of storms have eroded the island's shorelines, which is unearthing these massive graves. Yeah, a mile by what? Three quarters of a mile? A quarter. A quarter of a mile. That's a tiny little strip. It is a veritable landing strip of land that you've got millions of people buried in. I was like... How long is this going to be a Leanaissance situation? <laughs> you know what I mean? So pictures from visitors that are now able to go to the island, they are taking photos of the shoreline when the ferries are going up to the gate, and the shoreline is littered with bones everywhere. Yeah, of course they are. Are we going to build a catacomb? I mean, in case you haven't listened to the episode about the Paris catacombs. Episode one. It is the reason why there are catacombs is because the bones started washing up because the cemetery was overfilled. So what happens when Potter's Field is full? Where else would they go? Would they man-make an island? Maybe in one of those abandoned subway tunnels that can make us a catacomb. I mean, they're already they're, they're already taking the no longer used subway trains and they're putting them in the ocean for coral homes. Right. I mean, anything can happen. Exactly. So we the, should lobby for this, Robin. <laughs> the corrections department said that they will begin monthly inspections and will also fast track reconstruction on the shorelines to stabilize the graves. Because there was these massive graves. Like this one woman, Ruth, she is in a grave with 144 other people. I mean, can you imagine that one just kind of one bad flood, one really bad rainstorm? I mean, we're in New Jersey. We get rainstorms all the time. We have one today. So you're telling me that there's no possibility of any kind of erosion off the island? Oh, you know there is. It's ridiculous. I'm like, you didn't think about this before you actually started doing anything about it? I mean, so started doing it, right? You're start talking about like, 1869, you know, right. so you're talking about like 150-some-odd yeah. years ago. And that's even before that. It's like with all these, like, whatever. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, 
a long yeah. time ago they started making graves. But when you start piling people into holes and you have graves numbering in the millions, mm-hmm. you have to start thinking that like there's well, going to come same, a time. This is the same topic that I, I actually talked to you about in Paris Catacombs. Why didn't cremation, why wasn't cremation a thing? I know. Is it a money thing? Is it cheaper I mean, to bury them I mean, in mass graves and cremate? So like, the, I, don't, I guess if the city owns it, correct. So yeah. all they have to do is throw the bodies in there. So I guess it's probably the cheapest option is just to like well, bring them Well, then why can't they just buy a crematory? Just build a have, crematory on Hard Island. Yeah. They have the pavilion there. They have the Phoenix house there. There's yeah. just two establishments that are still there. I don't know why. Are they going to make it into something? Don't know. But I really I don't, don't think they really want to bring people to an area that's eroding with a million I also can't imagine the city putting up any money towards this. I think that like the path of least resistance, they will 100% just continue to bury people until it is falling into the Long Island Sound and bones are washing up in front of million dollar homes. And then somebody will do something about it. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And if you see a bone anywhere. What's that in my dog's mouth? Oh, it's just 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 hard island. Eroding. It's a femur from an AIDS patient. And this is without it being from the Civil War, because like those people were actually buried in a separate area. Yeah. Then Potter's Field, like this whole area, this whole million people is Potter's Field on Hart Island. Yeah. And they keep disposing of more buildings to make room for more grave sites. But when is enough enough? The thing is only a mile long. I mean, New York City real estate's a bitch. Where are they going with it? Yeah. You know? So that is the story of Hart Island, an island once used to house the living but now it's used to house the unclaimed dead. Just another notorious narrative. Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.